0: 855 450 is the SACLE toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about, here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Just like usual, every Sunday, live as we could be. I mean, you know, like, maybe not as live as other people, but darn live, I, I've got to say. Being
1: live is kind of like being pregnant. It's like you're either live or you're not live, right? But not quantifiable by science. <laughs> Mm,
0: Right. That's true. I just can't say what live is. I guess. (laughs) Well, we're whatever you want to quantify us here at uh, 855-450-3733. Check out freetalklive.com. We have a not only is it a completely interactive program where you can call in, talk about whatever you want. It is an interactive website where you can post whatever you want, whether it's a blog post or a news story or a video. You can link to it there and people will vote up and vote down your link. You can do the same with others it's uh, very interactive and go take a look at freetalklive.com so the biggest news of the week that you know I guess I want to talk about here is you know um, it was I, I guess you know Ron Paul has been in the news and I'm very interested in what's going on with him and apparently he did quite well in uh, in in Maine but just got edged out by the votes that were turned in because it wasn't the whole state didn't vote in Maine.
1: Okay. I don't understand how this works, nor do I really Nobody does. (laughs) (laughs) I think you would have to probably spend a lot of time and energy if you really wanted to get in there and understand it.
0: But uh, suffice to say that uh, things are going just fine for the Ron Paul campaign, I guess. But uh, this article here really caught my attention. It's from the Washington Post, and it's entitled Latin American Leaders Assail U.S. Drug Market, and in it. You know, the first part of the story, they uh, they talk about drugs coming through Latin America and how it has destroyed, uh, you know, countries and and, uh, metropolitan areas there. And that violence is incredible. And I I don't think anybody's going to argue that uh, Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, these are very, very dangerous places. And
1: and it's probably largely because of the drug war, which is really coming from the U.S. And, you know, these countries pick it up because they're scared of the U.S. It's like a huge power. And so. Uh, that's what ends up happening. But it really just creates so much more violence and corruption. And uh, I think there have been some instances in the past where, uh, you know, Mexico decriminalized some small amounts of drugs, but then they reversed it or... Um, a couple of other countries have tried to do the same thing, but just pressure from the U.S. has kind of prevented them from doing it.
0: Sure. Essentially, their policy on drugs and policies, frankly, on every, in every country in the world on drugs are dictated by the United States yeah. because the United States is such a power, a hege- hegemic power in the world that um, –
1: And with money too, with foreign aid and – Sure. I
0: mean, you know, and they can buy the politicians for, for a little, little bit of money.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, the foreign aid the United States spends is really just a small amount of its budget, but it's able to get a lot of results for that little bit of money because those, you know, the politicians in whatever country, they're like, what do I care? If I want drugs, I'll get them. It won't be a problem. But we can get this free funding from the United States and and we'll take it. So it's. You know, it's it's the fact that these drugs are just so incredibly profitable. There are lots of drugs that are legal in the United States, and yeah. they're not particularly profitable.
1: I'm consuming one right now. What's it's that? It's called caffeine.
0: Caffeine? <laughs> you know, when I think of aspirin, I mean, this is... Yeah. Uh, you know, A drug to do is with anything that,
1: that alters your body in some way, right?
0: Sure, and you know these—it's not that difficult to to make aspirin. You can—they've you know, laboratory. But process you're talking about
1: drugs that are fun, right? Drugs right. that right. get people—that alter people's consciousness, right? That. that make them feel good or different. I don't know.
0: When I was a kid, a quarter bag of weed was 25 bucks. Now, I don't know what a quarter bag of weed is now, but I think it's probably like 75 bucks. Um, and... I don't know. It just They <laughs> just keep going up and keep going up, and it's... It doesn't need to be anything like that. When you're talking about a weed... Well,
1: inflation has been going on, too, and I'm sure that affects the price, but...
0: If you were to take this bag of weed that I got when I was, you know, that I would buy when I was in high school, and you would take the seeds out of it and toss them onto the ground, you would have uh, so much marijuana in, you know, a few months' time (laughs) that you could clip and hang and dry. I mean, this stuff is really free. It's not like tobacco. Tobacco needs to be It's a weed, yeah. It's called a
1: weed for a reason. Indeed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: So you know people are dying over these drugs and it's not just uh, marijuana it's cocaine and mm-hmm. heroin and all these other things and
1: So you're making the point that the the profit margins are so high and the prices of drugs are so high because they are prohibited which It's easy to see if you look back in history at alcohol prohibition, right, with all the violence that was associated with that and the profit, you know, the huge profits and the fact that beer and wine essentially uh, faded out in favor of um, liquor, hard liquor. And so when drugs are prohibited, they become more concentrated, more powerful. Different forms emerge like, uh, you know, crack and meth is arguably a result of the drug war because they're easier to... Um, to to produce and to transport, right? There it could be. I mean, yeah.
0: it's hard to say whether uh, you know. Certainly, crack and meth would be. There would be different forms of distilled, uh, you know, hard drugs like uh, meth- methamphetamines or um, a, a cocaine, whatever it might be. If people wanted them, in the same way that some people want. A very small percentage of the people out there want things like Everclear, you know, vodka that is 170 mm. proof or yeah. something like that. Some that sells, it sells just a tiny bit because most people would prefer to assume, consume their alcohol in the form of beer and wine, and they mm-hmm. want it in you know, you know, a three to six percent uh, you know alcoholic form because that's the yeah, most. Preferable. Well, there's
1: a reason that they're drinking other than just straight to get drunk. Right. right? <laughs> They're drinking it to enjoy the flavor or whatever. And hang out friends. with friends yeah. and
0: all the, do, do all these other things. Yeah. But interestingly, after this article assails the, uh, the United States market, meaning, you know, all you bad people up there that are doing drugs, you're making our country bad because you're, it's, it's your demand for it, which, you know, what do I care? <laughs> you know, I mean, as an individual, I don't cons- consume illegal drugs that come across borders or
1: anything like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, why... But someday, Mark, e-cigarettes might be illegal. They might. You might be getting them on the black market.
0: Well, it it could. And I understand how the black market is affecting those folks. But then they come to a, you know, they actually make a point here. And I think it's interesting. The Washington Post first puts the scolding up for the American drug user and then puts up the... uh, Um, You know, the point that the criticism has bolstered by opinions uh, by opinion leaders in uh, in the region, including the former presidents of Brazil, Colombia and Mexico called for the legalization of marijuana and an overhaul of U.S. thinking on the 40 year drug war, which has cost a trillion dollars by some estimates and has done little to reduce supply and demand. Senior Obama administration officials say the resentment the, the resentment is understandable given that the production and transit countries are shouldering more of the violence, but they say that the rhetorical attacks against the U.S. are misdirected. Get this: I refuse to accept that there has not been progress in the fl- in the fight against drug trafficking and consumption. Says William R. Brownfield.
1: Oh well, this if he refuses claims to claims accept
0: it, then it must be true.
1: <laughs> it's the argument for personal incredulity. <laughs> <laughs> he says,
0: yeah. uh, and he gives us as his example is that people fewer people are consuming cocaine now. It's dropped by twenty one percent since two thousand. Mm, and- I, I bet more people are consuming
1: meth. And crack and other
0: things. It's well. This is the stupidest thing in the world. It's like in the war against alcohol. Well, people are drinking fewer mint juleps now. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because a drink or a drug goes out of uh, out of uh, popularity doesn't mean that you've won anything. How many people are doing methamphetamines and cocaine or and heroin now? Just because people aren't doing cocaine. Yeah. This makes. No, this claim is specious as it could possibly be.
1: Yeah, they're really reaching on that one. And uh, it's just it really brings to mind the phrase, uh, the closest thing to eternity is a government program. It's like they just refuse to reconsider in the face of overwhelming evidence that the drug war is not helping people. It's it's. Increasing the incarceration rate it's costing a ton of money it's militarizing the police it's stomping all over people's civil liberties, and people aren't doing fewer drugs
0: <laughs> yeah, it just it doesn't seem to be stopping it. Maybe James in North Dakota has an opinion on this James you're on free talk live. What's on your mind?
2: well, you know I was listening to your comments about the war on drugs and and uh, you know it, it it seems to me that the legalization would be beneficial because, you know, you, I've heard of countries that have done it and it's been, uh, it's been very beneficial. I mean, uh, you, like you, Portugal, for if instance. They have a choice, if they have a choice of yeah. whether to consume it or not, then given a choice, uh, they make up their own minds not to use it, you know. Uh,
0: James is uh, absolutely right on this one. James, thanks for the call. Places like Portugal, Amsterdam that have used decriminalization as a tool to combat drug use have seen decreases in drug use. The United States, which has used the war on drugs, has not. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. I can truthfully say that verbal surgery.com, best dadgum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. Verbal surgery.com gets inside of my brain, or massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some verbal com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. Free Talk Live 855-453 that's the sequel toll-free call-in line 855-450-3733 you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about that's what we do here on Free Talk Live among other things 855-450-3733 so we we're talking about the uh, war on drugs James just called in and uh, you know said that he saw no reason for uh, you know not legalizing uh, Drugs here in the United States that uh, places around the world like Amsterdam and Portugal that have decriminalized drugs, the drug possession that have focused on treatment and uh, harm reduction and you know making sure that people don't get bad drugs. Because most of the problems with at least a lot of the problems with uh, doing illegal drugs is people that are doing ones that aren't exactly what they think they are. You know, they're somehow contaminated with
1: something. Yeah. Uh, I want to make something very clear about this issue. And that is that, you know, the reason that I'm for uh, decriminalization of drugs is not because I think drugs are great or anything. It's because I don't think throwing someone in jail helps them, you know, in any way. It doesn't help them get over their addiction. It doesn't help them if they have an addiction. Some people might be able to use drugs just recreationally, occasionally and not have a problem with it. But you know, if someone truly is an addict and it's hurting their life, how is it going to help them to put them in jail? I don't think you can make the argument that it does. It'll impoverish them. They'll lose their place to live. And then when they get out, they'll be homeless. And they, they're not receiving any kind of uh, psychological help, usually, if they need it. You know, that maybe they had some problem that was motivating them to seek out drugs as a form of self-medication. That's not going to be addressed by just putting them in jail. And so I, I think we really need to rethink that paradigm. And... uh Treatment, you know, some people say that, well, uh, if you don't put people in jail, you just put them in rehab or put them in treatment. I don't know if that works either, because some of the rehab centers and some of the treatment places are people are forced to go there and they don't really want to be there. You know what I mean? I wonder
0: and, what that does for the efficiency of the program, um, having been in yeah. drug pre- treatment program myself.
1: It's like a drafted military, right? It's like nobody wants to be there, and so it just drags the whole thing down. Or, right. Maybe that was a bad example. but I, I,
0: I wouldn't be able to say. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've never been in a drafted military, but I can tell you that uh, I was in prison for eight and a half years. I took the drug treatment program probably mostly for the reason of it was a safer place to be than the uh, the the prison that I entered. I'm like,
1: oh really? I hey, signed me up for that drug treatment program. I got were a problem. You, were you using drugs at the time or did in you, prison? Well, it's why did you? Do, do well, how did you in get prison. into the drug treatment program? That's what I was asking.
0: Uh, I signed up for it. Anybody so, could sign so up. for So you don't
1: it. have to be a drug user to
0: how do you sign up for it? How I would you proof? I, well, you well, I I mean, certainly you did some you drugs. You don't have to
1: be in jail because you, you have to say I have a drug problem. Wow, okay,
0: I mean you're in jail you okay. know in <laughs> so theory you're not doing any drugs there, sure, I sure, mean, certainly, they get in there, and they are done by people. I wasn't doing any at the time that I can recall. maybe I found some marijuana here and there. I have no idea, but um, so
1: you got you purposely got yourself into the drug treatment program, and what went on there.
0: You know, what I saw were a lot of very cynical people who did not want to be there. A lot of people were mandated. Uh, You know, they had whatever, some kind of drug crime or whatever, and they had to go. I did not. However, I was 130 pounds and found that uh, this would be a better place for me to be. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's what I did. And – what I found were a lot of people who had no interest in, you know, being drug free or anything like that, and uh, you know that cynicism wore, uh, wore on me at some point. Then again, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been there in the first place. I don't know, but I don't know how many people were truly getting it. You know, yeah. were really getting it, and if the program was reserved for just people who really wanted to treat their drug problem then I would imagine – it's just a guess – I would imagine those people would probably have a better attitude about uh, doing it and they'd be more successful.
1: There there are those places out there. I mean some of the ones for like physicians come to mind because uh, there's a pretty high rate of depression among certain – some physicians and – sometimes they end up having problems with like narcotics abuse. Cause if you think about it, you know, like you work at a hospital, you might have easier access to some drugs, especially opiates and stuff sure. like that. And so there are these vol- like truly voluntary rehab programs that have great results. And, you know, you kind of go there and live there for a while and you do gr- group therapy and, um, try to address maybe some of the underlying issues that would lead you to seek out, um, drugs or some kind of addiction like that. But, It doesn't sound like the state um, run rehab or drug programs are anything like that. You know, it seems like often people are just kind of railroaded in or they go or they choose to go because they want to get a lesser sentence or something like that. I'm
0: sure some people get something out of it and I wouldn't claim that they wouldn't. You know, the tools are there. But you know, it's it's the attitude around the tools yeah. that may or may not be a problem. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the schools when you force kids to go. What you'll get is this mm-hmm. attitude of you know, learning is dumb, and it seems like that's yeah. pretty pervasive in oh, a lot of yes. public schools. Absolutely, and that's a problem. Uh, so you know is 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 keeping uh, if you know keeping kids in public school does that work for education yeah. forcing kids um, into drug treatment does that work for drug treatment i don't I don't think it does no. um, that's my opinion on that well, and-, and
1: sometimes you know sometimes people either end up in a forced treatment program or in jail or prison maybe because but they haven't just because they were possessing drugs or because they just had some there was some offense in other words that wasn't there was no victim and so If they haven't hurt anybody, you know, maybe you could argue that they've hurt themselves, but is that really. Going to help them is to prison? Going help with that? Yeah,
0: they are. They own themselves, and uh, so therefore, you know, you, you wouldn't put somebody in jail for for putting dents in their own car. You shouldn't put somebody in jail for doing drugs in their own body. I mean, do they harm yeah. their family? Yeah, I suppose that's true. But their family does have the option of uh, leaving them behind if that's what they wish to do. There are Sometimes lots of functional.
1: Way easier said than done. Agreed.
0: But... Agreed. It is. But yeah, I but mean, there a are a lot, lot of functional alcoholics out there.
1: Well, and there and are then a we lot of them in jail. Family situations where it's less than ideal, and I don't think putting them in jail helps it at all. It probably makes it even worse because now somebody is taken away from the family and they can't even have a chance to make things better.
0: You know, I saw many, many people go to um, I've seen many people go to jail and get out. I've seen many people go to confinement in jail and get out. And what struck me is the first thing that they do generally is find a cigarette you know these people their <laughs> confinement well. you know the their the physical manifestation of their addiction is over mm-hmm. by the end of their term whatever it might be and the first thing they do is go find that addictive substance and do it again now because you can see this because cigarettes are you know legal and people will do them out in um out in the open and that kind of thing and the people the kind of people that go to jail are much more likely to smoke cigarettes than uh, the kind of people who don't <laughs> so you get to you, you get to see this obvious thing now there's no treatment for cigarettes going on in jail or confinement or whatever but you know they they have this time that they're they're clean and sober in there and mm-hmm. they get out and they immediately choose to do otherwise. So whatever it you, is, confinement doesn't work in preventing the arresting of their uh their their drug habit doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Do you think Mark, I'm going to ask you this question um just an interesting thing to think about. There are some experiments with animals um that show, you know, if you do surgery on animals and give them a pump where they can just keep pressing a button and get crack, they will do that until they die, yes. literally. But then there are some other experiments that show if you give animals like a really uh, large cage to to run around in and so toys and other rats and things like that, they will not choose to uh, administer drugs to themselves. And so there's some evidence that maybe the stress and trauma are what's leading people to seek out drugs rather than just, the just addictive substances. It could just be
0: entertainment. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your opinion.
3: Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in with whatever you want to call in about. We'll uh, talk to you about it, but we've been discussing, well, largely, largely the war on drugs, specifically this situation in the Washington Post where Latin American leaders are calling on the United States to tone down, rethink, I guess is the term they used, the war on drugs. Um, that consumption in the United States has not diminished yeah. in the forty years of the war on drugs, and some certain some, some some drugs it's increased. The United States, uh, you know, drug enforcement bureaucrats have countered by saying, "Oh yeah, well, cocaine's diminished." Which, you know, I said, well, so has the consumption of mint juleps. Yeah. I mean, you know, that different drugs arise and fall with their their value, whereas you can quantifiably see in places like Amsterdam and Portugal where drugs have been uh, decriminalized. Small, small amount possession has been decriminalized. That usage has gone down mm. for whatever reason, because people are aren't unafraid to get treatment. I don't know. Uh, high school students don't have that forbidden fruit aspect to it. I, I mm. mean, right now. The statistics say more 10th graders have smoked marijuana than have smoked cigarettes. I mean, really? Wow. How are you doing, America? (laughs) How's it going for you, this this war on drugs? Before we go on, though, I want to tell you about uh, gold.freetalklive.com. It is a way for you to get the gold and silver and precious metals that you may be looking for. Because, well, you know, it's gold and silver being pushed, especially gold, being pushed all in all mediums right now, uh, specifically talk radio. You'll hear just about every host of their show sponsored by this gold purveyor, that gold purveyor. And I, in the past, tried to get gold from some of these places. And I found the old bait-and-switch tactics were alive and well. What I'd call mm. in and I just I just want some gold because I think it's good. And... They would try to sell me what they called numismatics, collector's coins and things like that. Mm. You know, I'm not – I didn't call in to become a coin collector. I (laughs) called in because I wanted some gold and silver because I think it's going to go up and I should have gotten it. But they – you know, this was 2001. Mm. I, I, You know, these pieces would have been worth significantly more. But because I could see the hustle that was involved, I didn't get involved. I didn't buy anything. and. At gold.freetalklive.com, that's not how it goes. You can go there, take a look at the coins that we've got available to you. You can price check with other places because that's another bad thing is get on a phone with somebody. Say, hey, what's your price? Okay, I'll take it. Well, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. You're not it even had, negotiating kind of had at all. You've
1: to, to, to do the research beforehand.
0: And this helps with that. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Not only can you get some of the best rates on gold and silver available to you on the Internet, but, uh, well, you can help Free Talk Live in the process. It's gold.freetalklive.com talk
1: dot com going on with this article from the washington post the cruel i'm I- kind of surprised by the way that this is from a u.s newspaper like oftentimes you'll hear this stuff coming out and it's more like from the bbc or something else sure yeah
0: and uh, you know great britain has uh, done some decriminalizing too and seen better mm-hmm. results um you know working on treatment rather than uh, incarceration the cruel irony is that uh, drug violence is down in the united states and so, is, so it's hard to build a political constituency that wants to do much more to help Latin America. Leaders in Latin America and the Caribbean say that the United States is not only responsible for the cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, and marijuana that moves north, but also far more dangerous to them, the bulk cash profits and military-style weapons that flow south. So the United yeah. States is responsible for that too. Uh,
1: you what know, does it even mean to say that it said at the beginning of that paragraph that drug violence is down in the U.S.? Like, did it go down? Is, violent
0: crime is down in the United States.
1: Okay, and so I mean, but what is it down to? Like, it's almost meaningless to say bit. it's down. It's down. What can I tell you? A little down. It's a little down. Um, yeah. Well, I don't and, think it's like, you know, there's no crime in the U.S., though. Well, certainly right?
0: there's crime in the U.S., but it's, you know, more and less. And, and well, the one thing you've seen in the United States over story. the past 20 years um, is a loosening of gun laws. So, you know, criminals here... It's not the crime of attempting to move the drugs because that's still going on. It's the crime of you know, in a lot of cases, that's down of people doing drug, uh, doing crimes in order to get drugs. You're not seeing as much violent crime in order for that to happen. One of the most outspoken critics of the U.S. drug consumption has been Mexico's center right president uh, President Felipe Calderon. that has us. Uh, let's see. He says a uh, drug, a U.S. ally in the uh, war on drug that's left some forty five thousand dead in Mexico. We're the next to largest illegal drug market in the world. Calderon said in September in a public dinner held in his honor by the Council of America's in Washington. We are living in the same building and our neighbor is the largest consumer of drugs in the world. And everyone wants to sell him drugs through our door and our window. The United States has provided Mexico with almost $700 million of uh, $2 billion in promised aid, including Black Hawk helicopters, police trainers, sophisticated eavesdropping technologies, and a uh, mountain of classified drug intelligence from snitches to drones. The United States has spent more than <laughs> a trillion dollars on the war on drugs, and now they're going to give $2 billion to Mexico? big whoop <laughs> you know i mean 2 billion compared to 1 trillion that's nothing they you know i mean 2 well, billion it's like the drug to- the drug war uh, warlords have more money than that yeah i mean it's it, it's crazy you're not going to be able to put these guys out of business with uh, with that little bit you're it, not going to put like them out of business anyway it's almost like
1: hardly trying to put like a band-aid like a spot band-aid on a gaping wound or something like that yeah. and it does nothing to Address the root causes of these issues, either. It's which not just prohibition, yeah.
0: Anywhere. Um, all the money, regardless how, how much it is uh, multiplied, and all the blood, no matter how much is spilled, will not stop the drug trade as long as the North continues consuming, says uh, Nicaragua President uh, Daniel Ortega. And we've seen up to this point, and the drug warriors refuse to admit it, we've seen up to this point the very best way to reduce consumption is to decriminalize the yeah. use of drugs. It seems counterintuitive. One may one would think to themselves, look if you make marijuana legal tomorrow everybody's going to run out and buy marijuana. But wait a second, we just heard that 10th graders, more 10th graders have smoked marijuana than they've smoked cigarettes. Most most high schoolers will report that al- that marijuana is easier to get than alcohol.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you just went by that statistic and said, okay, we'll make marijuana legal for everybody who's 21 and over and you know, it's illegal for pregnant women to smoke or something like that. Some, you know, some kind of what, this, you know, law that most people could get behind. I'm not suggesting that. I think that uh, things should be. Uh, I think, I people think there be, would
1: be problems with that, too. Just like there's problems sure there with saying that, you know, under 21 cannot drink alcohol. There's a lot of binge drinking. There's among a lot that of binge too. Agreed. Yeah.
0: But, you know, if it was just sold in stores and there was an age limit. At the very least, you could assume you could draw the conclusion
1: that uh, tobacco, which fewer tenth graders have smoked, tobacco and alcohol. Uh, so it's that easier. statistic is that the tenth graders and the more mar- more have smoked marijuana than alco- than uh, tobacco. Excuse me, is that because people are smoking less tobacco?
0: I would assume that that's the reason. Tobacco, you uh, well, because
1: they're smoking more marijuana or been, <laughs> uh,
0: no? I would think that there's. I don't think marijuana consumption's really up or down. Uh, tobacco yeah. consumption's down. I mean, kids yeah. aren't finding it as cool as they used to. There's been great. Advertising campaigns out there to
1: get. I'm happy about that. Yeah. By the way, that it's getting less cool to you know smoke cigarettes because they do cause cancer. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, cigarettes, <laughs> and are they're really expensive. You know, sort of
0: the the you know one of the biggest uh, intervenable. Killers in the world, yes, so I mean you Absolutely. Know, I, I think that people should be able to consume tobacco. some people will sit down with a cigar or a pipe every once in a while and they'll enjoy it, and I think there's nothing wrong with that, but tobacco's really really addictive substance, specifically cigarettes, um, yeah when you especially
1: think about, when it's blended with all these other things in them too, yeah,
0: right I think that uh, you know I'm for, glad
1: they're on the way out
0: <laughs> I think they're on the way out, I hope they don't see a resurgence um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't try to prevent people from from doing them. I, would, I think it's an education campaign is just the most uh, valuable thing you can do. I would tell people about e-cigarettes, uh, Vaporsmiths.com. You can get an uh, an e-cigarette where you can get the nicotine you want and you don't have to deal with all the problems of smoking, all the health yeah. risks and the costs and all those other things. Um, you can go to Vaporsmiths.com and uh, – Use coupon code FTL. They'll give you a free starter kit so mm-hmm. it's, uh, you can get get started right away. And I think that those are the things that are cutting down on tobacco use. I mean, yeah,
1: I bet they definitely are a tra- something that helps people transition away from cigarettes if they're addicted to the nicotine and they want to just get that. But, you know, Mark, I'm really interested in this question of, like, why do people become addicted? to think
0: the to music's things- out. Uh-
4: BigHeadPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis head in interplanetary space. Fetus Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's a Sakel toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been uh, discussing the war on drugs here this hour. Get your opinion, 855-450-3733. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, ManVenture Outpost carries everything you're going to need, whether it's knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, anything for the outdoors person or the survivalist, ManVentureOutpost.com has it for you. And they've got some of the best darn rates that you could possibly find on the Internet. They're family-owned, members in good standing, they're Better Business Bureau – and you can get an additional 5% off their already really low rates with coupon code FTL. You can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. I've gotten some uh, several things from them, actually. And, you know, the, the, the buying process was easy, and they took good care of me and got it out quick. It's manventureoutpost.com, coupon code FTL. So, Stephanie, I think we've uh, rung this uh, drug war article from the uh, the Washington Post out uh, sure. as best we can. You had, Maybe uh,
1: everybody agrees with us. Well, right? I mean, you know, this,
0: when it comes to it's very difficult to lure a good drug warrior out of their hole because hmm. they don't have anything to gain by
1: talking to you about it. Well, I guess when they can use the government to impose those policies on you, why should they try to convince you that it's right? Right. I mean, you know, why? Why should they try to convince you? I mean, you know, the
0: best the <laughs> best. That they could come up with here in the Washington Post, one of these high-paid government bureaucrats could come up with is, oh, yeah, well, cocaine consumption's down in the United States. Oh, sure, it's up in Southeast Asia, but, you know, it's down in the United States. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but heroin consumption's up. So you're saying you've driven the uh, um, the coke addicts to become heroin addicts? Good job, DEA. <laughs> I mean, you're really really helping out there. So It's
1: pretty weak. I yeah. mean, I don't doubt that people could get misquoted or their quotes taken out of context or anything, but the Washington
0: Post really is not at- misquoting the d e a on a you know on a pro ending the drug war article. I mean, you yeah, can believe well, that the I'm Washington
1: Sh- Post is going to to spend this the best they can and if you look at all of the other evidence, I mean it's overwhelmingly against the drug war working in any way shape or form.
0: I, haven't, I have yet to see much. You know what? I could actually come up with a little bit of evidence that the drug war might work. Okay. I've actually got a little bit, and you can tell me what you think about this. I was going to go on to this other article, oh, but sure. uh, this is something I've uh, thought about for some time. Prohibition brought in and, oh, they, the, the teens in the, the, the 20th century, about the time of uh, uh, of World War I, went out in the middle of the Depression, Great Depression was a um, in, in they they banned alcohol consumption everywhere now of course it didn 't stop people from consuming alcohol and that kind of thing, <laughs> but what it did seem to do was break the consumption cycle um, Americans tended males in America tended to consume a great deal of sort of fermented uh, alcoholic beverages ciders and beers and um that kind of thing they would drink they would drink them because water. Could often be uh, bad, so they would uh, use so they you know have alcohol instead.
1: That still happened in the U.S. in the 1910s or 20s.
0: Yeah, that was still going on. I mean, okay. it was still a
1: rural. That's, rural community. see, I associate that idea with like medieval times, like where they would only drink beer because the water was no good.
0: Well, <laughs> societies have continuity, and okay. if you can take a look at Great Britain, where they um, don't have, well, they never had a prohibition. You can see they consume a great deal more. Alcohol per person than we do here, um, here in the United States. Now, New Hampshire, the state we live in, is the alcohol, the drunkenest state in the union. But is it uh, really? It is. It
1: is. Oh my! Well, I know there's a big problem with alcoholism at a lot of the the colleges in New Hampshire. But people chalk it up to like there being nothing to do in the winter, and so kids just like stay in frats and get drunk. Because you know, we have there is nothing to do in the winter, and I wouldn't. It doesn't surprise <laughs> it's me at all. Interesting though.
0: Let's go to Bobby in uh, Vermont. Bobby, there's... you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, how are you? All's well.
5: Good, good. I just, I, I, I hear you guys are talking about my favorite subject tonight.
1: Oh yeah, the drug war, alcohol.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know the 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 consumption part. You know is a is a wonderful pleasurable thing. You know, but uh, you know the, the use of, of marijuana can be used for other things such as fuel, clothing. Uh, I mean you name it.
1: Oh like hemp? Uh, You're talking about hemp, Bobby?
5: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And sure. I, I I just you know, I mean you know the 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 this, I don't know about in your state, but in my state, you know, they cut back dramatically, you know, on uh you know, when people sign up for uh fuel assistance. You know, uh and now fuel assistance you when you apply for this uh, you know, you don't even get enough fuel to make a minimum delivery. Okay. Well, you know, uh, marijuana could be used to make heating oil. With. It's true.
0: You can use hemp. You know, uh, to to make yeah. heating oil. Sure, you yeah. would want to use uh, valuable marijuana to make heating oil. You would want well, to use well, hemp. Yeah, yeah. they, they right, the exactly.
5: Point. But you know, we we can thank Charlie Bass for you know for that. Thanks, know? Charlie Bass. Well,
0: <laughs> well I said thanks, Charlie Bass.
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was one of the ones that was that was against, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the fuel assistance program, and I and I guess I don't understand why, considering the fact that, uh, you know, the uh, dilemma that the United States is in, especially the people that are like us that live up here up north, you know.
1: Well, yeah, actually, you know, on my heating bill, it has a little option to get, you know, donate some portion of your bill, or or don't pay a little extra, and it will go to. S- needy families who need to get heating oil. And so, you know, sometimes i will do that. And I think those programs can help a lot too. That's sort of more of a voluntary basis instead of the uh, government giving people heating oil. But, you know, about about the hemp thing, if you look back in history, there were, uh, you know, a lot of evidence, like a lot of the PR against marijuana and was waged by some of these industrial companies that hemp was their competition. So like um, companies that made paper, for instance they didn't, mm. they didn't want hemp to get out because it was a cheaper alternative and so they they sort of staged this like reefer madness stuff and then <laughs> and then you had these um these drug warriors also that came out around the same time that that really like grabbed onto it and so joined forces and sort of got people to believe this stuff that you know hemp and marijuana were just evil plants
5: well i guess what i what i don't understand is how it got to the point to where it became illegal to possess or to grow or to even have marijuana. I mean, again, it's no different than alcohol. I mean, a drug is a drug is a drug. Alcohol is a drug.
0: Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, when it came down, the the fact is that the uh, the legislators who voted on marijuana legalization didn't have any idea that marijuana was cannabis. You know they were yeah. they were outlawing marijuana, which really? was this drug that yeah that that, that made uh, black people and, and Mexican people crazy, and we knew we, would, we didn't want that. Um, you know yeah, there'd be lots sleeping of with more white women or whatever. Racist roots
1: in that too. Yeah. At
0: the time, it's you've got to consider that at the time you know that it, it was almost not even racism because it was so prevalent. I mean everybody oh, thought racism. that way. You know? <laughs> it's
1: still bias against certain people.
0: Yeah. Indeed, agreed. Right. But it was just really really common way of thinking. So you know it was easy to get stuff like that passed through and you can still see that the war on drugs disproportionately affects people in ethnic communities as opposed to the uh, the majority community bobby
5: it, now don't they, didn't they say that same thing about alcohol back then too
0: i don't know whether they used that as an excuse or not mostly they were concerned with uh, uh men coming home and beating their wives and that kind of thing
5: Right. Well, that was pretty much socially acceptable back then. You know, not yeah. that you should be doing it. I was going to but... say,
1: I didn't think a lot of people were concerned about that. No, that was, <laughs> Maybe yeah, they one should of the, be concerned. That, but... that was a big, big
0: push from the temperance community. Bobby, I really do appreciate the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Yeah, the temperance community uh, communities really pushed. You know how mm-hmm. alcohol destroyed families and how many people, how many men would go out and spend their paychecks on alcohol and stuff like that. And you know, I, I suppose it still happens. It doesn't happen as much, but. Y- y- that's the one thing I would say about prohibition is that it broke that uh sort of time honored tradition of drinking alcohol most of the day and then going out to the bar all night long. Maybe television did it. It's hard to say. You know, maybe the the radio actually radio would probably be a better um example because people could, you know, have some kind of entertainment in their house, houses or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I I really couldn't say. But that's the one thing that I've ever been able to come up with that makes some kind of sense in prohibition. Has it worked with the war on drugs? From what I can tell, no, that the consumption numbers are no different than they were prior to. Remember, all of these drugs were legal in the United States. A hundred years ago, marijuana, cannabis was legal and prescribed by doctors, Uh, heroin and And, laudanum and and all these
1: things were legal. Even if alcohol prohibition did sort of break some of the cycle of people drinking and abusing alcohol, at what cost? I mean, how many people died because of it? How many, how much money was spent? At what
0: cost? 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE.
3: Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. The Li River in Guilin, China is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. A cruise down the Li River in the Guangxi province of China is like floating through a classic Chinese scroll painting. From Guilin, the Jade River Li winds through spectacular, almost surreal scenery of humped backed and eroded karst formations with whimsical names like Bat Hill, Five Tigers Catch a Goat, and Painting Brush Peak. Tour boats pass picturesque villages where young boys bathe the family water buffalo, women wash clothes, and farmers plow rice fields. Some 50 miles downriver, the small town of Yangshuo is the southern terminus of these river cruises. From here, day trips by bike over the surrounding green plains and forest-covered limestone peaks allow you to see some of China's most remarkable scenery. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants and Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-450-free, single toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. That's right. We are live on a Sunday evening with you. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We open up the phone lines and let you call in, discuss whatever you'd like to discuss. Check out freetalklive.com. We've got archives there going back for five years. And they're free to you. I don't know of any other commercial radio program that makes uh, its podcast free, its entire podcast free. I could be wrong, but I also would doubt very, very seriously that another commercial radio program gives you five years' worth of archives that you can go and download completely at your leisure and Mm. use in whatever way, shape, or form you wish you can uh, use them while you're – Doing your grocery shopping or gardening or commuting or whatever it is that you do that you've got time to consume audio and entertainment. Free Talk Live provides it to you. It's archives.freetalklive.com. So we've got a funny story here, Stephanie, from... It's from World Net Daily, which... Oh. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm going to be
1: taking it with a large grain of salt.
0: That's the cool thing about uh, the the, the Liberty Movement is that, uh, you know ideas from the right ideas from the left and and combine them into and
1: ideas from the crazy
0: (laughs) in this case uh, an omaha suspension of a white high school student originally from south africa is sending shockwaves across america that part's hyperbole Uh, because nobody heard this story at this point likely as debate rages over who can claim the rights to the term african-american the case centers around Trevor Richards, a junior high at Westside High School, a junior, excuse me, at Westside High School who moved from Johannesburg in Nebraska six years ago to Nebraska. Richards and his classmates, uh, 16-year-old twins, Paul and Scott Rambo, were booted from classes last week after distributing posters touting Trevor as a candidate for Westside High's Distinguished African-American Student Award on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The posters were intended to be satire on the term African American. Scott Rambo told the uh, Omaha World Herald. Principal mm. John
1: Crook so, says
0: <laughs> the bureaucrat's name is Crook. Yeah, says the gotcha. uh, that the posters were disruptive. It was offensive to the individual being honored. It's Martin Luther King Jr., who's dead. So how can it offend him? Uh, to well, people who work here and to some students,
1: I I might be offended by that a little bit. What's that? Okay, so basically, it's a white student from Africa. That's right? correct. Mm-hmm. Who is technically African American because he came f- moved from Africa. Yep. But he's white, right? Mm-hmm. So some people use the term African American to describe black people, or you know, what people of African descent, mm-hmm. or not even necessarily of African descent. It could. You know, black could have played. I really like that one better.
0: The, uh, Americans of African descent, uh, you know, is uh, is is actually. I wish we could figure out some way to am, add more syllables, but you know, I like guess, make it more complicated to but, say but the, the, the word white, black.
1: The white kid is, I guess, technically of African descent too, right? Because he didn't he he was born in Africa.
0: they was somebody. Likely, his parents were born in Africa.
1: Sure. So, I mean, it's hard to make that distinction without saying black, right? Yeah, and some people. Well, why not say black? Yeah, I guess I, that's perfectly valid. I don't think it's you know, like an offensive the, term to
0: use. I think that that's the right. And that's the, the the problem here is that I don't know how much of this is driven by the quote unquote black community and how much is driven by people who want to seem as politically correct as possible, because it's gone from like you've said, it's gone from Negro to colored to black to, uh, you know, African-American. And now it's Americans of African descent, which is at least somewhat more accurate than african-american right but yeah. it I, adds I the just, syllables why just, not just use the term black that's yeah. what that's what you know i mean most of the magazines when they're talking you know they'll, they'll, they'll jump around the magazines aimed at uh, consumers that want to, to know about information specific to black americans you know, they'll use the term black interchangeably with african-american or whatever mm-hmm. why take a nice single syllable word and turn it into this multi-symbolic uh, mess that somebody, you know, when I'm maybe thinking because, about maybe uh, uh, Americans of African descent <clears throat> and the concerns that concern Americans of African descent about the mistreatment of Americans of African descent in this country, you know, like it gets, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand the desire not to offend people or to call people what they prefer I... to be called. And maybe they d- maybe just in their defense, maybe they chose African American because it was uh, surrounding Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. and he, he was African-American, I guess. He, was he? Or was he black? Okay, he's black, but <laughs> but he fought for civil rights in America. I mean, he used the terms colored,
0: black, and Negro in his speeches. I don't think yeah. he ever used the term African-American. Okay, fair enough. But,
1: okay, aside from all that, the debate— But I think that that's what the debate is! Well, do you think it's a little bit obnoxious for—like, it's clearly the spirit of this award is to honor a black student, Right. Really, the spirit of the award is to honor a
0: black student in the name of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, who is a man who saw who dreamed
1: of a world where there was no color. Well, he dreamed of a world where there's equal treatment. I mean, he and not separate, but equal where a a man was judged by the The strength of his character and not by the
0: color of his skin.
1: Like, really? That's what you think? Mark, you have to acknowledge that historically, People with dark skin, blacks, other racial minorities mm-hmm. have been mistreated and, sure. have, you know, especially in um, in in these schools. I mean, there was there was segregation in schools for so long. Sure. There, it's still going on that the like inner city schools that are predominantly racial minorities are just like not as good. They don't have That's as correct. good equipment. They don't I have the funding. Agree. Sure.
0: So I wonder whether you solve this program, this problem of uh, in, in this public school program by distinguishing between students though because i really think at this point that you know in a world where a black man has been elected to the presidency Mm -hmm. that perhaps it's time for healing and not
1: for distinctions between people that if you know if if, (laughs) do you think there's still some systematic bias against black people and other racial minorities. That wasn't,
0: yes, I, I'll, go, I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and say that, sure, there's, uh, there are people within the system that have, um, you know, biases, but my ask, question to you is, is the best way to solve that problem by distinguishing between people? Maybe we should stop looking at the differences between people and start looking at, uh, you know, how it is that we can work together. Maybe we should listen to what Martin Luther King Jr. actually talked about, rather than trying to lift black people up and say, oh. Oh, you poor black people, you've been mistreated. And I'm not saying they haven't. I'm not okay. saying they haven't. Yeah, but I mean, you that's want to go back to a little be- bit further, it's not like my ancestors weren't owned by people, too. Slavery has been all around this world. Everybody is the descendant of slaves.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of colorblindness, but Sometimes colorblindness can be a way to not acknowledge past wrongs that were done to certain groups of people. Be- but why of these acknowledge arbit- them if they haven't been done to the individuals in high school? Why acknowledge them? Yeah, I why? Because history repeats itself. It's important to know about those things, don't you think?
0: I... I
1: don't think that history is
0: going to repeat itself in the United States. I do not think you're going to see black Americans owned by other people.
1: What about, okay, well, what about discrimination against Muslims or discrimination against Mexicans? Those are
0: already going on. Talking about black Americans has in some way fixed the Muslim or Mexican problem? Sure.
1: If you talk about separate, the whole concept of separate but equal and how that was overturned by mostly by social uh, change, you know. So now we're going to make it separate and unequal, Is that the idea? I don't No, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I mean, it's unequal. If if the government school is giving out an award to students and there can only be students with enough melanin in their skin, that is unequal
1: and not equal. You know, there's an argument to be had that they probably give out lots of other awards. And because of systemic biases, they're more likely to go to white kids.
0: I couldn't tell you. It's um, in this school that there's a very small black pop- population, mm-hmm. so I don't know what the percentages of uh, awards that go out. But would you want what that award? What about Black History Month? Do you Mark? want that award? Do you want the award for the most distinguished female with curly hair? I mean, it really just <laughs> there's, brings.
1: There is no award for that. It but.
0: just brings it down. I mean, I want to fight if you know for this award on an equal playing field, if there is one.
1: Yeah. Okay, Mark. I have a question. What about Black History Month? What about it? Do you support it? Do you think? I think that good- there
0: are uh, advantages when you're talking about history. Then you can because because Black History has not been as well integrated into sort of the history curriculum. At
1: least it wasn't the, the one I I learned yeah, a lot every, of things about. Every, every month black is H- White History Month, so I mean <laughs> those things have to be highlighted somehow. Yeah,
0: I don't think a kid should be. Um, uh,
1: suspended I think what for this. this kid
0: did was obnoxious. Eight five five four five zero free. Free Talk Live, 855 four fifty three. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855-450-3733. The Free State Projects Liberty Forum is coming up here in like, it's less than two weeks. Yeah, less than two weeks. It's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be part of it. It'll be held at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, and there's all kinds of speakers there. Joel Salatin, Carlos Miller, Jody Emery, Peter Schiff, Prax Girl, John Bush, lots of folks you want to see. Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government. Just go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and sign up with coupon code FTL2012 for 10% off. It's great deal. It's free. free dot org slash Liberty Forum. Use, you can
1: still get tickets, right?
0: You can still get tickets. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, as a matter of fact, they've uh, yeah, they've, they've got. I just spoke with uh, DREPA, uh, Chris, Chris Lawless, Lawless who runs <laughs> runs the show over there, and uh, use coupon code FTL twenty twelve and there are tickets. It's uh, libertyforum.com, uh, libertyforum.com slash F.
1: No, freestateproject.org <laughs> slash libertyforum. That's Forum. right. That's
0: what it is. <laughs> let's go to, let's save me here and go to uh, Keith in New York City. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live.
6: Hi, how you doing? Uh, I was going to talk about the, you know, the kid from South Africa and the poster and all that and uh, debate about whether or not a school should have a, a special function for a kid of color. You know what I mean? If we do it for one people, we have to do it for everybody. And, you know, my family is of Irish ancestry. They were enslaved by the British Empire for 800 years. Um, Should we have an Irish History Month? Should we have special awards just for people of Irish descent? Uh, The Chinese immigrants on the West Coast, building railroads, they were, you might as well call them slaves. Yeah, they were in a free market enterprise system, but they were basically slaves. And, I mean, the list of people who have been, you know, tyrannized against. Goes on and on it's the history of the world. So I, I don't understand what what the why this is even a debate. Like you know, should everybody be African American, Irish American, Italian American, German? You understand?
0: Got
1: it. Yeah, I think, I see what you're saying, and uh, I know it can get a little bit unwieldy. But I think the the point is that there is this It's like,
0: Americans of Irish descent, Keith.
1: <sighs> Mark, can I finish I what I was, was going to say? Go ahead, Stephanie. <laughs> the, there's an argument to be had that. Every month or every day is, you know, white male history day. And so, you know, you need to kind of bring out these alternative narratives just a little bit to present a balanced view. And sometimes the only way to do that is to highlight those aspects of history like with something like Black History Month. I mean, you just don't hear a lot about that in the textbooks as they're written.
6: No, I absolutely agree, but that's, that's... And the whole problem is is the school. If you're going to teach history, teach everybody's history and teach all the history fairly. So, I mean...
1: Yeah, I'd it, like that. I'd like a little more balance in, in what they teach in the history.
6: If, yeah, if we did that, then we wouldn't have to worry about Black History Month or uh, women's women in history or anything like that, because they would talk about all the women in history. They would talk about all the people of different nationalities in history that have contributed to this country and made it great. So that
1: Yeah, I see. I, I agree with you there. I mean... I, yeah i I think what you're saying Keith, if I understand correctly is like why have a special why highlight it just make it a part of the real curriculum, and in that case i I agree
6: yeah i mean that that solves that problem but so uh, I, I kind know, of feel like for, they've uh, done
1: that
0: for, I oh I don't <laughs> Oh, I understand really. Thanks, Thanks Keith. Keith. Appreciate yeah. the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I couldn't say I'm not in high school right now. Yeah, but I kind of feel like certainly from where I was in high school. Things have been are you know sort of much more multicultural if you want to wish to use such a term they 've absolutely fixed you know when i was when I was in college versus when I was in high school, I learned about you know Eli Wit or whatever in the cotton gin and and things like that. I learned about you know w e b Dubois. And the fact that kids are talking about Martin Luther King Jr, I think these are great things mm-hmm. i just I find it really amusing that they do and in the the man 's name who wanted to see a world where people were judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin, that they actually give an award to only people who have a certain color skin. Mm-hmm. I find it just absolutely insane that yeah. they take this guy who uh, you know wanted to see a world that was from what I could tell colorblind which is what i would like to see Uh, you know and then i don't think we get there by making distinctions
1: i I don't yeah i mark i take your point and it's completely fair and i just don't think that we are living in a post-racist world like i I still think there are some things about this world how do we get from here to there though yeah. Because right now there are a lot of white Americans that listen
0: to my voice and they say, well, where's the white guy holiday in America? Where's the well, white guy that's, award? Yeah,
1: that's the and exact thing. that. But, but, but you know, that's the thing they say. It
0: doesn't mean that they're right or wrong, Stephanie. They could be. OK, I'll go ahead and say they're wrong, but it doesn't matter. That's how they feel. And remember, racism is essentially a feeling. It isn't a logical uh, process. So what. How do you get there? Do you pile more racism? Because that's what this is. The, uh, an award given to one race is racist. Um, how Do you pile more racism upon
1: the, you know, this class that's feels- different. I think it's different. I mean, because... You- <laughs> okay, you done laughing at me? Uh-huh. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at what you said. You think it's different. How is it different? Do you think there is a distinction when it's, you know, there is clearly one group or one race or one gender or whatever that's been historically the one who has dominated...
0: History doesn't matter. You can't even prove history.
1: It doesn't exist. Okay, fine. White people, you know, still have this... they You know, they are still the majority, right? Barely. And, barely? White males aren't. Okay, but... They're a minority. Do you think that... <laughs> So, people of color are still considered minorities in this country. I don't know why Do they, they call them that?
0: that. Yes, people of color because there
1: are less of them, and there are some surprises. Semi- everybody's biases. a minority. The minority of the individual, is no minority
0: of it? anything. You you, you pick you, you add one more distinction upon anything besides the ethnicity of of white people. I mean, if you take their gender, then white males are a minority. White females Do, are a minority. Everybody's a minority.
1: Do you just, like, do you just, does this kid, does this kid's actions just sort of remind you of the guy who's out there saying, why isn't there a straight pride parade? Why isn't there a male pride parade? And what about white pride? I mean, ugh. Uh, well, I mean, I, uh, don't. It just p- seems to be missing an important point. I think like- that
0: people that make those distinctions, what they're really saying is, "Look, I live in a world where I don't want to deal with segregation
1: and racism." Oh, and I don't I- think they're saying that. I think they're saying I don't want to lose well, my privilege. Now you're just you're just assuming what those people white are pride really isn't that just a cover for racism? I don't I mean, think it-
0: it- I I think that some pe- some people certainly are using white pride as a as uh, you know a cover for racism. But I think at the same time, a lot of people. Look, here's when it comes to uh, when it comes to the racial conversation at this point, you're trying to deal with some people who have been emotionally damaged by by a damaging other people. And it's not working. It's a really bad system for fixing the problem. What do you mean you're trying to... Quotas, uh, you know, all the okay. things that go into this, giving awards to one group and not giving to another, giving so scholarships a quote, I mean, to a one quota ethnicity is and
1: not giving it to another. A quota is different than an award, though. I mean, a, a quota comes from the government. It, it's all the same mindset, though. Yeah, well, I mean, well, this was this a, is a government school who just too. wanted
0: right. to say, hey, look, this is ludicrous that you separate people by their uh, ethnicity. I'm an African-American Shouldn't I be eligible for this award? No, I think you're putting words in his mouth, but that's okay. what he said. That's what his friend said. He was—they oh, okay. uh, were lampooning the term African American. Eight five five four five zero free. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line. 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. So we've been uh, talking about this award that was uh, apparently to be given to uh, students, uh, What's it say here? Students of it said African American students. African American students. That's right. Um, and this kid who was from South Africa, a white kid from South Africa. A, that's important. A, a, well, an African American kid <laughs> wanted the uh, wanted the, uh, ran for the award with his friends uh, to lampoon uh, the, uh, the satire on the term African American, and he and his friends were suspended uh, for I. Guess being offensive was the claim by Principal now, John Crook.
1: I will agree that suspending them is probably not the best way to handle it. You know, just smack them down. Like maybe, maybe someone ought to talk about this with them a little bit, and maybe it could start a, a dialogue. But like the one we've had here, yeah, which has gone nowhere. <laughs> no, I think it has gone somewhere, and it's 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 important to talk about these things. I mean, my just my biggest worry is that people will hear about this or see it. And this is, by the way, being the story is being championed and, and talked about by WorldNet Daily, which is a conservative, uh, ultra conservative website. And, Pretty close. Yeah. You know, I just I fear that people will hear this and even hear us talking about it and think, wow, you know, Free Talk Live doesn't get it. They're just biased against black people. They're just racist. And I don't want that to happen. And I want to be like as anti-racist as I can possibly be. I'm with you. But
0: I think that in the process, I, you know, as I have forsworn race, I don't have one. Um, And because science says that race is uh, something that is perceptual, I can say that. I know that I've, uh, I'm have i of mixed ethnicity. Yep. Some people might look at me and decide that I'm some particular race or another, and that's a decision that they can make for themselves, but it's not one I'm going to make for myself. And I think that the very best way to see a world that
1: exists without race. Do you not have racism, a gender either? Uh, I have a gender. I'm male. <laughs> so you have a gender, but not a race? Yeah, I can pick one, can't I? <laughs> you can, but I think it's, if you're going to say that you have no race- that's almost like you saying you have no gender. No, nah,
0: I'm I'm pretty obviously like I'm pretty You're obvious. Pretty
1: obviously comes... Caucasian too, Mark. I need to break not, it to you, though. but
0: I am not. <laughs> I mean, I happen to know that I'm not Caucasian. In order your, to be Caucasian, you have to be all Caucasian. In order to be light. male, you okay. just have to have a Y chromosome, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like um, gender is admittedly not the most solid and static thing, but it tends to be a lot more obvious. There than, are
1: people who are androgynous. Don't you think
0: there are people that are androgynous?
1: I just say people tends
0: to be more obvious. I know that I am not completely one um, ethnicity. And if I was, I could still forswear it because it's still perceptual. Yeah. Um,
1: I I think race is a, is a social construct too, but I mean, you can't deny that there is still discrimination based on race. I guess we have calls. So yeah, let's go go ahead and take some, uh, some calls (laughs) first. We'll go to
0: uh, Nico in Chicago. Nico, you're on free talk live. What's on your mind. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yep.
7: Hey, um, I, First, I wanted to say that um, I just graduated high school um, back in 2009, so like three years ago now, and um, I can tell you that we didn't really learn a lot about, um, the, I guess, non-white history. Okay. We learned more about just white history, pretty much talked about, you know, how America formed. It talked a little bit about the slaves, but it didn't really talk about it from the point of view of of black people, how they got here and what happened, And, and if they did, it was like such a short... Uh, segment that it's probably like one day and I just didn't remember it. You know, it wasn't mm. very important. Yeah. And so I, I don't believe in Black History Month and I don't believe in Women's Month or, you know, all these minority things. What I believe in is um, sort of telling the history of everybody. And unfortunately, we're not there yet.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there isn't a history of everybody either. I mean, you know, it's just kind of this overview yeah, of, of things. If somebody gave the history of NASA... They wouldn't be talking about the black people or the women in NASA. They'd just be talking about how they went from point A to point B in the history of NASA. But if a white
1: person tells that story from their perspective, it it might be easy to see how if you if you if you're not like the person who's telling the story, maybe you don't see yourself represented in that story. Does that make sense, Mark? Yep. Makes sense. You know,
7: we're, we're talking about American history. So, um, and that's what I'm talking about, is the class called U.S. History 1 and U.S. History 2. Yeah. And so, of course, we're not going to be able to tell the story about, you know, Mongolians and the, on the steppe or whatever. But, I mean, like, we should tell American history. And, yes, the pilgrims sailing to America was one part of the story. But another part of the story was Africans who were taken to america on boats. after i believe it was indians who were tried to um they tried to use the slaves at first and didn't work out so well
0: Mm, i don't know anything about that um, oh yeah oh american indians yeah okay i'm sorry yeah for some reason and
7: um yeah and i mean so like i believe that the history should tell the story from their point of view as well or at least just talk about it and and basically give it as much um i guess emphasis as they do on the Mayflower and all
1: that. Well, or maybe, or well, they maybe don't spend just a lot of time talking
0: about white indentured servants either. And, you know, for the first parts of American history, the very first parts, that's where the majority of uh, conscribed labor came from.
1: Well, and the other thing about this that's important to point out is that one of the things that is important about how the way that history is taught is what's not taught and what's left out. And some of the things that were really conspicuously absent in my history lessons in government high school were, um, the eugenics movement which was extraordinarily yeah. Yeah. racist sure. the treatment of native americans which was that. extraordinarily racist the japanese internment on, they, those all things they, they
0: touched on those when, as i can recall but i mean for know, me, for they for me didn't. His, history in high school and college tend to, to kind of get smushed together so i'm not mm-hmm. insu- entirely sure what uh, you know i remember there Nico, thank you for the call 855-450-3733
1: but they, i mean they they paint these dead white guys, for lack of a better term, as as these heroes who could do, do no wrong. And they, they do leave out a lot of the systemic biases that were way worse in the past. I would and,
0: love to rewrite the history books, yeah. Stephanie, but I don't think that we get there by um, you know, giving specific awards to people based on the color of their skin. Yeah, I think that's maybe a bad not. idea. Maybe not. Ty, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
8: Well, hello, Mark and Stephanie. Uh, very interesting conversation tonight. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about fitting people into boxes. This kind of fits into what you're talking about right now,
9: mm.
8: and how that leads to uh, lazy thinking and the lack of useful discourse. And what I, what I was really coming from this to begin with is how people tend to self apply labels like you know uh, that usually end in ism or ist, like uh, libertarianism or mm-hmm. anarchist, voluntarist, or capitalism, socialist, etc. -hmm. And I've just recently come to the conclusion that that these words actually shortcut thoughtfulness because once you apply those words, people have a certain idea of what that means and they can kind of like stop thinking. It doesn't really (laughs) matter what you say from then on, you fit into a certain paradigm. Yeah. So maybe it's better not to self apply labels and describe the foundation of, of. your social political beliefs and then let them decide what label they want to attach to you. You see what I'm saying?
0: I, I yeah. often do that. Um, mm-hmm. i you know, I don't, Ian uses the term voluntarist uh, to describe himself on the show. And he likes that because basically nobody uh, knows what voluntarist means. So he can then define it for them. I don't come up with a label because I haven't found one that works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't have one.
1: Well, yes, I agree that labels can really shortcut thinking and then people it sets people up, I think, sometimes to be on the defensive because they have a certain idea of whatever label you've chosen, what that is for them. But at the same time, labels can have some utility because it can be a way to quickly and succinctly convey an idea or a belief system. And as long as the other person is on the same page as you then there isn't a problem. But usually they're not on the same page as you is what Ty is saying, right? I think so. Yeah.
8: Yeah, exactly. It can be useful like any tool because it's it's a conceptual tool. So it can be useful, but I think it's often misused or you know, in social situations, you can kind of see when, when I'm talking to somebody, if I use the word uh, uh, libertarian, Sometimes people will
0: either, you know, just immediately they'll, that'll turn them on or that'll turn them off. Ooh, one of those. Oh, or that's right.
8: Or a conservative.
0: Ty, thanks the for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course, SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. <laughs> Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's a live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. We've been talking about this award where this uh, South African student uh, in Nebraska ran for an African-American award, a Martin Luther King Jr. African-American award, and was suspended because it was only for black kids. Um, and there's been lots of lively debate on it. But if you want to find out more about some of these subjects, you can go to audiblepodcast.com and download a free audiobook. Obviously, free talk live, not the end of uh, not not the end all be all of the discussion in this area. And, uh, you know, hey, if you want to get more facts, com slash FTL, you can go there. They've got all kinds of categories, including uh, books on uh, racial issues, gender issues. Business, classics, fiction, history, erotica, science fiction, everything that you can imagine. It's fast, easy, and affordable to download audiobooks from Audible. I've done it, which means likely you can too. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL will get you a free audiobook from Audible.com. It's Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Stephanie,
1: did I give you a chance to introduce yourself?
0: I don't know. Okay, say Stephanie.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: go to Jerome in Louisiana. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: Uh, good evening. hey uh, guys. I, I want to qualify my remarks by saying I'm not a regular listener. I just happened to hear the discussion.
0: You're welcome, over Jerome. Over
2: my um, satellite radio. And I, you know, and the thing is, okay, first, South Africa has a very, uh, a very well-acknowledged history of racism and yeah, violence. Sure. They yes. fought a 20- like a 20-year Civil War before apartheid was finally abolished and, and majority rule was established. So, I mean, that's bound to make some people, uh, some African-American, I'm African-American myself, okay. that's bound to make some people prickly about this kid. And plus the kid, if I understand the, the, the details of the of the uh, story, the kid wasn't born in the United States.
9: No, he was born in Africa.
2: He can call himself an African. He can call himself an Afrikaner, which is what some of the, the Dutch, uh, uh, the, the Dutch, uh, the whites call themselves. Yeah. But he can't call himself an African American because he wasn't born in America.
0: That might be a very That's good point. But what if his uh, one or one or both of his parents is uh, American? Then he would be, you know, that he would be able to choose well, how, dual citizenship at that time, right?
2: How can the kid be from South Africa if if one or both or or either of his parents is is, was born in the United States?
0: John McCain was born in Panama, but they allowed him to run for president. I mean, you know,
2: he was born in American territory in the Panama Canal Zone at that time. A friend of mine was was born born in Africa.
0: A friend of mine was born in Africa to missionary parents over there, but he was an American citizen was was he black no
2: no i don't think so
0: no but he was born in africa and he's you know, both look, of his parents were americans mark, so therefore he had
2: people, mark people know what they what they're doing when they're trying to give you the needle okay they, it's not like oh gee i didn't know that would be offensive the, the kid was try, obviously it's obvious he's a bigot or he was, still, or he was influenced by bigots, I, and he's trying to needle get the African American students on campus. I, I really, don't I'm, get that, I'm
1: concerned Jerome. that he might be bigoted. It, yeah. He could be. He certainly could. He certainly be. doesn't understand. But I don't think
0: you can draw from the conclusion that a teenager who was not even alive at the time of apartheid is a, a bigot based on you know him. I don't,
2: it, I don't. I don't. I don't think you know. Like when they, when, they, when, they, when, a, when a when a guy runs for prom queen, the, the, the guy's obviously trying to kind of denigrate the award. You know, you, you can't say, oh, no, no, I really want to be, I'm a guy, I'm a, I'm a
0: football player, but I really want to be prom queen. Yeah. Oh, that's I, trying to denigrate the award. I agree that he's, to some extent, if you want to call it denigrating the award, what they say here is that it is intended, intended to be a satire on the term African-American. So I will concur yeah. with you that you could call that denigration if that's what you wish, and I, I don't think that it's too far from that, but it is satiring the word, and I don't like the word. What do you think about the word jerome do you prefer about what? do you want to be called african-american do you want to be called an american of african descent do you want to be called black, black do you want to be called colored? Fine. do you want to be called negro
2: black or colored is fine with me because white people ain't going to treat you any better because you got a fancy title supposedly african-american i don't feel like i'm treated like an american i feel like i'm treated like a second class a, a, a citizen or a visitor I, I, people of foreign descent are treated way better than than blacks born in the United States. So I don't care what you call yeah, me, but I, I, you know, I don't think I should have to stand for you insulting me and insulting uh, my racial history and insulting the, the history. Thousands of people were killed in the Civil War in South Africa. Now that doesn't have that—that's got something to do with, with with the United States. I mean, we didn't participate in that war. We're one of the few that we haven't participated in. What he's doing. Well, it's, a, it's a calculated insult
0: to the award. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I'd like to point out here that, and this is maybe this is important. But in um, the award started being given, I guess in two, 1999, the first two awards were given to white students. This is a. Uh, this is a, 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 a what do you call that a, a district where there are very few black students? I think it's six so. Maybe
1: there were no black students there in nineteen ninety nine. Yep. So
0: records have... indicate that only fifty six of Whiteside's sixteen hundred and thirty two students were black. So um, you are talking about maybe. Uh, you know, 3% of the students are black and the first two years of the award, it was given to white students um, until the ministerial board that the, the gives out the award decided, um, you know, two years in, I think that was 2001 that it was intended. That it was only going to be given to black students from there on out. So, um, you know, I mean, they, <sighs> I'm not certain and I'm not prepared to say that this kid is insulting anybody, Jerome. I think that he may be trying to make a point about the term African-American.
1: I would say he's at the very least, if we assume the best intentions – he is not being very sensitive to the idea of visibility for black people.
0: Jerome, what do you think about an award given in a place in that's the name- mostly
1: white, what a you- school that's mostly white?
0: What do you think about an award given in the name of Martin Luther King, who said uh, that, you know, that he, he dreamed of a world where people would be uh, judged by the content of their character, and not by the color of their skin? Given the the only- color of
2: their skin. It, it, yeah, the, the thing is, Mark, Martin Luther King, he wasn't a fool. He, I mean, he was, a, he was an idealist, but he did realize that there's a very sharp distinction drawn between us as Americans. The minute you step out of your house and the sun hits your face, the sun hits a white man on his face, okay, the sun hits a, uh, an African-American or a black man on his face, whole different, re- even even your own, even other African-Americans perceive you differently.
0: I agree that people... I, I, I'm not prepared to be so Pollyanna-ish that I'm going to say that people don't make judgments by, based on the way other people look. And one of those things that they take into account is race, no doubt. I mean, I'm, I'm not prepared to say that. I don't know if giving out awards based solely on race is a good way to... To change that, because I think that some people who call themselves white in this country are upset because they feel that there are too many privileges given to people based on the color of their skin because they're black. And I know that a lot of black people are upset because they feel you can huff all you want on it, Stephanie. I mean, it's just that's how they feel. They can be right or they can be wrong. It's their feeling. Jerome.
2: I, you know, I, 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 everybody, all of us take ourselves a little bit too seriously. <laughs> but, but as, as an, I'm, I'm an older guy. I'm, I'm, six, I'm sixty years old. I remember when there were areas of town that everybody would tell you, everybody who was black would tell you, don't go over there, don't go in that store. You're not welcome to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe I've lived a little bit too long. Uh, but uh, most of the most of the time, stuff like that is illegal anymore. But th- that, but discrimination is still practiced. Sure, it is. Post-racial, yes. post-racial America, my hindquarters. There's no yeah, such thing exactly. as racism and discrimination. I would agree.
0: Uh, I, I, I just don't, Barack Obama notwithstanding. I agree, and I'm not. I'm not claiming we live. In, I have never made the claim that we're living in a post-racial America. What my claim is is what my belief is is that maybe the way to get from here to there where we wish to go post-racial america is not by distinguishing between people's races not by lauding when you say that what you say sounds reasonable to a white man but when you're, you're assuming
2: that everybody starts out from the same uh the same starting point and that's just not true if yeah. you're african-american absolutely even if you're well well uh, you know barack obama he's got a law degree and all this kind of stuff his children you, you would assume as the children of a, one day of an ex-president of the United States, it's not true. The, the, the first thing people see when a black man walks into a room is not a scholar, it's not a teacher, it's not a lawyer, it's not a judge, it's a black person. Yeah.
0: That's the first thing white people see. Now, my my best friend in the whole world is uh, is a black man, or at least partially black. He's very light-skinned. And you know he manages to move fluidly through the business community where he lives with no difficulty um i mean you I, I i you know i don't know how to say this uh with the uh, you know the politically correct way jerome but you know he talks like like you do he's able to be articulate and um you know speak in a manner that puts people at ease and you know the, i think that people are concerned about folks of lower classes but not not as concerned about people of color like it might be a class distinction and not a color distinction.
2: I, I wish what you said was true. Yeah. But I don't believe it for a minute. Yeah.
0: Jerome, really,
1: I thank Jerome, you for the call. I agree with you. And thank please you. listen. Continue thank to listen.
2: I, I wish you could convince me. I really wish you could convince me. I'd sleep better tonight. But I know it's not true.
0: 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Americans are losing their wealth
8: People are rioting in the streets For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty The book In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth Not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics That have caused the decline of our liberty But also identifies and explains how we, the American people Can restart what was once a free America It's time to wake up, protect our liberty And return the government back to its proper role It's time to know the truth Order In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com
0: Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACO toll-free call in line on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Lots of different ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Live streams at freetalklive.com. The more than 100 great radio stations that carry Free Talk Live. Satellite options were on XM and free-to-air satellite. The webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. You can see uh, Stephanie playing with her lovely long hair. The listen lines. Where <laughs> Why you would can- they
1: want to see that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Um, at listen.freetalklive.com, we actually have uh, telephone lines you can call in and listen to anywhere. Uh, we just had Jerome on the line. And, you know, if you're a new listener to Free Talk Live and, hey, maybe you want to listen to what your phone call sounded like. Check out the archives. Uh, We have the first seven days' worth of archives right there on the front page. You can download them at freetalklive.com. After that, they go into a – at archives.freetalklive.com. You can uh, get them back for five years. And it's completely free. You know, I think that uh, a lot of people would like to hear their call that they've made and uh, check it out. I hope that uh, Jerome keeps listening. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live.
10: All right, Martin, Stephanie, this the black problem, all the social, the schools, everything is the war on drugs. I've tried to tell you listen, this, Jerome, you got to listen to me. He's right what he said, but I don't think he knows why. For example, he brought up South Africa. In South, under, uh, apartheid in South Africa. For every 100,000 black males, 800 were incarcerated. Wow. In the United States, out of every 100,000, there's 5,000 incarcerated. So you're talking
0: they, they about. They both seem made, high to me. You're, t- you're talking about uh, <laughs> wow. six times as many incarcerated black males?
10: Yeah, in, in the United States than it was in South Africa. Okay. Under. The, the only – listen, it says, what does it mean that the leader of the free world locks up its black males at six times higher rates than the most openly racist country in the world, South mm-hmm. Africa? Well, and another example, Mark, and be. this blows your theory away, they're being devastated due to the war on drugs. Their families are destroyed. And Stephanie's even read uh, facts and statistics on the death penalty, how the blacks – yes. Even uh, the former justice, Supreme Court justice, says the death penalty is racist.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It, came out and
0: said it Well, I wouldn't say that that, you know, I think that there's uh, some strategies for getting from here to, uh, you know, I like the term post-racial America. I like that term. I'm, I'm going to go for that one. Um, I'm going to adopt it's it. It's never going to end until
10: we end the war
0: on drugs. I'll, I'm with you. And Seriously. I'm there to end the war on drugs. Uh, Ed, you, you certainly know that uh, we focus
1: that I, on I also focus don't think the whole we're gonna, first hour, as a matter of fact. I, I also don't think we're going to get there by ignoring issues of race or like pretending that they don't exist. Well, that's, I, important. But, but Mark, that's fine.
0: But will...
10: Hey, hey, Mark, I will agree with you about a lot of this other stuff that they bring up about racism. It's all bogus anyway. Like I said, it's all about the war on drugs. When you're incarcerated at these high rates, let's put it this way. If this incarceration rate was going on with white males in the United States, the war on drugs would have ended 20 years ago.
0: It would have never started.
10: Period. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's ridiculous, and, and also, remember, I, I talked about the uh, the uh, uh, Native Americans and the alcohol prohibition we put on them that mm-hmm. devastated them. It it's totally devastated them. What was the and alcohol
0: prohibition? They, this isn't coming to my mind. And uh, I think gotta, they
1: prohibited well, from, it on the Bureau of Indian Affairs or something. Prohibited well, from
0: it from 1802 to
10: 1953, it says here, and I think a lot of tribes are still. It's totally prohibited. So what that caused, uh, Martin Stephanie, was alcoholism on the weekend it was just they could drink they wanted to get all they could get down in those two days that they could get it
0: so they prohibited was, it during the anyway, week anyway
10: it, it yeah. totally destroyed but here's what i want to tell you about it it's a tribe and you can look it up stephanie if you want to talk about it. it's the tribe in south dakota that's suing the beer companies i think it was like 20 people in the little town yeah they sold like five million cans of beer to them yeah <laughs> and wow. they knew it was being smuggled and all this stuff so they got a lawsuit
0: yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, wow. Ed, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. And I would say absolutely the war on drugs is an integral part of racial issues here in America. There's no doubt about it. I, yeah. I would hope that we don't sound like we're ducking that particular issue. Let's go to Brian calling in New Hampshire, from New Hampshire. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie.
11: Hi, Mark. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um Yeah, I I wanted to to touch on, first off, Jerome, of course, was was absolutely right. Uh, I mean, we are not in post-racial America uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And with that in mind, uh, the part I think that's being neglected here is that this is the Martin Luther King Jr. African American Award. Okay, now that the part that's being neglected is the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, He's well, well documented And first off stating that everything he did in the Civil Rights Movement I think he even made a projection once that it'd be another hundred years before he' even dream of having the colorblind world that he always talked about okay. he wanted he wanted blackness in people's faces in a nice way uh, he wanted it out there it needed to be seen there needed to be attention brought to it uh, there's actors from television shows at the time in the sixties that have that have come out and said uh, yeah he would you know he, he, practically, uh, you know, yell at us or at least strongly persuade we can't leave our jobs, we need to be staying in Hollywood. Uh, mm. There were writers, authors, all these people that Martin Luther King Jr. was saying, let's get that out there. Uh, you take a magazine like Black Enterprise, that was totally Martin Luther King Jr.'s idea. He wanted that being printed for as long as it could be printed for. Uh, it is the, This this teenager is is totally missing the point on that. Okay, it's not about, I mean, if it was just the African-American award, maybe it'd be a little bit of a different story, but this is the Martin Luther King Jr. Award. And these are the kind of things he wanted happening. He wanted well, blackness out there. I don't yeah. think
0: that there's any problem with uh, diversity and people, you know, seeing you know, black people, obviously, on television screens or anything like that. What I have the biggest problem with um, on this is the unfairness, the institutionalization of an yeah. award, meaning that it's in a school where like a government school where everybody has to pay. And that this, but Mark, do you, this you is understand. a racist award okay. given only to people based on race. To Brian's okay, so points... You,
1: you, you, oh, Brian, go ahead. Go ahead.
6: But, no, go ahead, Stephanie.
1: So, I mean, to your point, though, like, every movie that plays... Like, there are movies where, you know, you can't... Uh, pe- the uh, The people don't... The casting people will not put, um, like blacks in the lead roles because they think people won't go to see the movie. And they don't do certain pairings like black man with white woman, like in a romance in a movie because they think people. It
0: does happen, sure. I'll bet you it happens.
1: Yeah. And not only that, but like, you know, magazines, uh, movies, like all those things most of them, most of the people featured in those are white. And then if you want to get a magazine that has more black people, it's like labeled as and a black noticed, magazine. When and- I
0: notice TV commercials, you'll almost always see the, uh, the, the, the group of women chatting with amongst each other, the white woman, the, 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 the white, the white woman, the black woman, the Asian woman chatting as um, you know, out for coffee or whatever. I think that they go out of their way to, uh, show minorities, whatever term you want to use for, um, you know, ethnic diversity here. Um, On television i will agree with you that they certainly they were talking about making will uh what's oh shoot the the the, the get jiggy with it guy will will smith smith as captain america in the marvel movie now i don't know if this was just floated out there in the internet sphere or whatever and i thought about it and thought about it now what captain america is a lily white blonde-headed character in the marvel universe and they ended up with going with that and they did a fine movie i enjoyed it but i thought about it and thought about it and i thought you know I'd love to see what they do with Will Smith as Captain America. Because, I, I mean, you're talking sure. about a superlative actor. You're not talking about Denzel Washington. But he's a darn good actor. I mean, he's, he's as good of an actor, um, action actor as anybody.
11: Okay, but back to point. Martin Luther King wanted a colorblind world. Sure, that's documented as well. But equally documented is the fact that he wanted blackness out there. He wanted It needed to have face. It needed to be... You know, in whatever, in schools, Black like History Month, the whole thing, that that needed to be out there. But like yes, it, Black History Month doesn't
0: discriminate against anybody. And I mean, do, are we going to fix discrimination by discriminating? And I just, I tend right, to but, think but we're but not.
11: But the earlier, point you, the earlier point you made was that was a, you wanted a colorblind world and, and this isn't the way to go about it.
0: Thanks for this distinction, Brian. I appreciate your call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your opinion is welcome on this contentious issue. 855-450-FREE. free talk live 855 450 that's the SACL toll-free call in line 855-450-3733 it's uh, mark with you and stephanie live sunday edition of free talk live call in talk about what you want to talk about Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat. And not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, and to some extent grows its own food. It has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive Car or SUV on shore, and with a life yacht, you could be free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved in this groundbreaking project, this neat idea called the Ericsson Council for as few as a thousand dollars and the commitment of as little as eight months. It's ericksoncouncil.com. It's you can. Uh, they've got several different iterations of it. I'm going to spell it for you here. Uh, lots of folks have been asking about it. Um, you don't use a K anywhere in Ericsson Council. I think that's the trick. E-R-I-C-S-S-O-N Council.com should uh, get you right there. Let's uh, we've been talking about this uh, very contentious issue of a uh, South American student, South African student, excuse me, who ran for the highest achieving African-American award. A white South African student. That's correct. Um, In his uh, Nebraskan high school, West Side High School, and was suspended. He and a couple of friends were suspended and they claimed that it was satire on the term African-American. Let's go to Chris in North Carolina. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
6: Yes, Mark. Um, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say I think you're spot on on what you how you feel about this. I think, Stephanie, I think you need to get rid of your white guilt. If you have, I think that the comment that you made about Hollywood uh, showing black actors and, and, and not showing them and, and casting them in roles as, uh, for movies and stuff like that is ridiculous. I, 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 I would beg you to give me one action movie that's come out in the last five years that had a white male actor with a um, white male or white female side actress or whatever, or supporting actress. If and you go also, also, I'd like to say that I feel like that if this is if this award was given to a Hispanic uh, child, who I don't feel like would be, would be any kind of disqualifying, or if that would be any kind of disqualifying um, factor um, in the reward whatsoever.
0: You think but people would be confused th- 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 by that?
6: I think I, I think blacks would still complain about it. I, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think Martin Luther King Jr. had any pro- would have any problem with a, a white person uh, receiving this award. And I think this is a government school, like you said, and it's a government supported school. And I don't think there should be any kind of race factor in it whatsoever. And it's just like religion, we don't want any religion uh, or particular religion uh, taught in the schools. I don't think any particular race ought to be um, uh, glorified in schools or anything like that. You know, I just think it's
4: ridiculous.
1: The whole reason this award exists is because, you know, white people are being <laughs> in the majority in these schools. Chris.
0: Because
6: black people are what?
1: Cuz white people are in the majority? Yeah.
6: Black people are the majority in the school?
0: No, no. In this in this school it's uh it it looks like it's about uh maybe 3% black in that school.
6: Okay. So, what's the problem? I mean, that
1: What's the problem? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess you just don't get it. I mean, no, I,
6: don't. I, I don't get it at all. I, I don't understand why we have this. You know, I think we've gone because so when you're in
1: the government. minority, Chris, I mean, maybe you haven't been in your life, I guess. But when no, you're I, in the minority, it's understand. pretty easy to feel like it's pretty easy to feel like you're invisible, like there is, you know, nobody else who's like you, like you don't see yourself represented. And so that can be a pretty big you know, blow there's to someone's no other self-esteem.
6: They're so oppressed as the black people. I, I don't. I don't, There's no other minority in the country that goes around with a crutch on their shoulder as much as as much as white people do. They just need to get. They need to get on with a life and, and 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 learn how to just be
0: productive American citizens. It's ridiculous.
1: They need to learn how to be productive American citizens. I mean, well, do you hear I what you're saying a, there? To some extent.
0: No, I'm not saying. I'm not
6: saying. Don't don't try to don't try to label me. I'm not saying all black. I'm saying the ones that walk around with a crutch on their shoulder.
1: I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's really hard to talk to you. No,
6: you you, you said a while ago that the the that the, the, there's obviously a, a racial factor in the death penalty.
1: Yeah, in, there in is. The it's, it's, in, it's the vast no, it's majority.
6: Not. No, it's not. In the state that I live in, I guarantee you there would be no way for a jury to convict a black male for any kind of a crime against a white victim and give him the death penalty. In any southern state in America, I bet you there's no way they could do it now. Well, that would
0: be, uh, a, that'd be a short amount of research. I mean, it, you know, the, the evidence is pretty strong, Chris, that the death penalty is uh, meted out in an unfair absolutely. fashion when it comes to, uh, you know, when you, when you look at murder the, charges among I mean, whites the, and murder charges among blacks, that uh, blacks tend to get a disproportionate sentencing to the death penalty. No, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. There no, there's no racism.
1: Girl. It doesn't exist. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Let him give his example. No, sir, I'm going to give you a
6: perfect example of what I'm talking about. There was this girl who was kidnapped from a grocery store um, in this in the, in a the, the city not far from where I live at. And she was taken out, in the, and uh, her baby was kidnapped along with her. And they were taken out in the field. And she was raped, really raped. And the child was left out in the field to, to, and to received, like, third-degree sunburns. Oof. And uh, he was just abandoned. And um, she was killed with a uh, tire iron, beat with a tire iron, and, and basically just, you know, beat to a pulp where, she, you know, she died from it. And the guy was a black male that was a crime, that the, the, uh, the perpetrated the crime. And there was no way in this world they could, they could give him the death penalty because because of, of the fact that the white woman was a – because the victim was a white woman.
0: They didn't give him the death penalty for it?
6: No. And he deserved the death penalty hands down. No, no, no. no as as b- if
0: anybody or, deserves the death deserves penalty. Death I don't think penalty. the death penalty solves yeah. many problems. But, Chris, thanks for and the I call. I uh, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, white people are being oppressed. This needs to stop. Do you see what I'm talking about, though, when you make institutionalized racial uh, distinctions that you're going to get people that are upset on both sides? I mean, you know, if you're that guy that was going for the position in college or the position in a for a government job and you lost out to somebody of some other ethnicity. And I can tell you, I worked, you know, when I when I was in prison, I worked with the prison guards and there was a distinct Pattern to promotion based around race and the, the majority white prison guards who would get promote, uh, promoted disproportionately lower than, you know, other ethnicities would always bitch about it. And, you know, that that creates animosity that doesn't need to
1: exist
0: among the races. There's
1: no reason for it do you think that they were getting there might have been some other reason that they weren't getting promoted like did they know it was because of affirmative action or from my point of view from where I was sitting or were they at just the time, saying that and using that as an excuse I watched for who got promoted I was I mean, at
0: that prison for more than six years mm-hmm. I got to see the promotions and how they went and you could almost predict based on almost predict based on how many promotions were coming up and who had been promoted the last time as to whether or not it was going to be um, a black person there almost no Hispanic or you know anything else working there Um, it was all blacks and whites Mm -hmm. because of uh, where it was and you could almost predict the the ethnicity of the person who was going to be promoted
1: you know when i hear a lot of like these white males just call in and just deny that racism or sexism or things like that it happens in the form of quotas today it's like maybe they okay well we'll talk about this next segment free free talk live
3: Vaporsmiths e-cigs revolutionize nicotine ingestion by bringing it into the 21st century. With Vaporsmiths, you'll enjoy all the invigorating nicotine with none of the nasty smoke. Vaporsmiths are clean, efficient, and tasty in four strengths and ten delicious flavors. Reds, classics, Turkish, menthol, strawberry, cherry, vanilla, coffee, minty mint, and cloves. Use coupon code FTL to get 25% off your first order at Vaporsmiths.com.
0: Free talk live eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the sacred toll free call in line. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. The phones are loaded. Smart with you. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Two more segments of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Let's go straight to the – actually, um, real quick, let me tell you about the uh, shop.freetalklive.com. That's a section on uh, Free Talk Live where you can go do the shopping that you normally do at uh, online retailers like Amazon or Newegg. But um, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Same great prices, same great service you'd normally get. But we get a cut. So it's shop.freetalklive.com. It's a fast and easy way to support Free Talk Live. Let's go to Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live.
12: Hey, thank you, Mark. Hey, I wish we could all be the cannabis race because cannabis treats everybody <laughs> the same. It will feed you, clothe you, house you, and make fuel for you, and it doesn't care what color skin you are. It's a great plant. Right on. You okay. Take lessons from that plant.
0: <laughs> Every well, it's all green, right, or mostly.
12: <laughs> it's yeah, so Easy I, I, being and, green. <laughs> and we're all human, you know. I I was I'm 55. I was uh, raised in New Jersey during the race riots. Really? Okay. And went to high school right after the race riots and everything like that. I dated a black girl through high school. We went to the prom together.
0: Wonder how that went.
12: Yeah, it, it caused problems at the head table, but every all the rest of the student body didn't give a correct You know, they were all for it because we knew all each other. You know, and it's always the adults and the the ones with the the money wanting to make the power, wanting to make the problems, and and this kid is a teenager. He was probably mad at the the pr- prejudice, and this was his way of saying. These terms make prejudice, you know, and, and make uh, division amongst us. Dag, you
0: know Dave, I mean. thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Man, I dropped one. Another one's calling in. Good heavens. Let's go to <laughs> Max uh, calling in from New Hampshire. Max, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
10: Hey,
2: this is Max. I just want to let everyone know uh, who's listening. That uh, my trial date is set for March 12th. That's jury selection.
1: What's it for? What, and what's your trial?
2: Uh, there are eight charges of felony reckless conduct against my straw man.
9: Your and, straw man?
2: Uh, yeah, well, you know how they, they don't file charges against you. They file charges against the fiction that the state creates.
1: Huh? Uh, Who are they going to put in jail? I'm not going to even <laughs> ask you. They put you, in, they put
2: you in jail, but they file charges against the... Uh, the, the corporation they create in your
0: name. Gotcha. Um, so, where can people go selection. go to find out more about it, Max?
2: Um, there's a Facebook uh, event set up. It's State versus Max 48 years, and they can read some of the details and hopefully get involved, and hopefully we'll get some people showing up to
0: Rockingham County Courthouse. Thanks, Max. It's State versus Max 48 years. Let's go to Steve in Canada. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live.
13: Hey guys, how you doing? All's well. Good, good. I wanted to kind of chime in here. I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and it was very uh, multi-ethnic. Yeah. And I, I, I did grow up colorblind. Um, and to be honest, what I'm hearing, and I'm kind of disappointed, is that there has been there has been racism in these conversations. I'm not just calling from some white dude's perspective, but um, I've heard Steph agree with the a, a black man that called earlier, saying <clears throat> that when white people look at blacks, they don't look at them as people first they look at them as blacks and that's racist i think steph
1: well do you agree that people have prejudices or some people have prejudices i based not, from... I
13: don't i don't i don't disagree that that people have prejudices but when if you agree that all white people look at black people and they just see black people that's wrong you're categorizing them and being racist yourself
1: mm, i don't think i'm being racist but i will i'll if you if it makes you feel better i i will uh, agree with you that not all white people have biases against black people but some of them certainly do
13: and i i I can't disagree with that but my my point would be is that i don't think you can combat or try to get rid of racism with racism i mean this the collectivization of it is is what's wrong
0: i can't disagree steve thanks for the call 855-450-3733 let's go to David, calling from Keene. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Stephanie and Mark.
14: Hey, I was going to call in and say I enjoyed Jerome's call, agreed with him 100%.
0: I liked Jerome's um, call, too.
14: Um, uh, I was going to say Black History Month is very important. Uh, people can if they can find Maya Angelou's Black History Month special on public radio. It's fabulous, in my humble opinion. Okay. I think Black History Month is um, is super important for me to me, and I think it's very important because as a country, we don't like to remember the uh, bads and wrongs we did and. I'm not saying that people should harp on bad things, but it's we if we don't remember our past, we're going to be, you know, the, the old saying, you know, how that doomed goes, to repeated. repeat it mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. and or something like that. We have to remember and own what we do and move on from that point. And also, I don't think, um, in my humble opinion, that that. Um, the the affirmative things that many african americans have have achieved in this world are are not emphasized and that's another point of of black history month and 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 mm-hmm. when you read the news and see the uh uh you know all this black person did this or bug got busted for that and all that kind of bad um non affirming of 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 the, the african americans um <sighs> Uh to me, that's residual from our past, from our past, because we never there was no affirmation, and we created, yeah. we we created like um, people. I don't know, just like I
0: Who's mean, we, David,
14: we as a, the world, the the racist policies and Jim Crowism and et cetera, et cetera, all that.
1: Yeah, a lot of that came from the government for sure.
14: You know, right, I just wanted
1: oh, to absolutely. share share a quick story about what David. Da- thanks for the call. Reminds me of what David said about that. You know, some of the things that 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 were done in history by black people haven't been affirmed or celebrated. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I had to do this book report or some kind of a research project about a famous scientist. And uh, people kind of drew names from a hat of different scientists that they were going to research and present something about. And I got um, a scientist named Ernest Just. Now I went to the library, and this was before Wikipedia existed. This was really <laughs> kind of
0: before the internet was it's in a child TV. abuse. Making kids write <laughs> books have to have to go to the library and look them
1: up. <laughs> so I went to the library, and there was nothing about Ernest Just. And mm. then I went to another library; there was nothing about Ernest Just. Wow. And I'm guessing I, Ernest Just was black. Yes, <laughs> okay. and I found that out years later. So interesting. And I wonder if that's why. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it probably was. Be- because of his race well it, it,
0: to some extent it may be based on uh the interest that people had in Ernest just and you know that in those areas they didn't have the interest mm-hmm. i'm not saying that makes it okay i've not gotten on the air and said that i think that black history month is a bad idea mm-hmm. i think that teaching people uh about you know history good and bad is an incredibly good thing i went to i was in uh bermuda recently Went for With a little Liberty cruise I went on with Stefan Molyneux and uh, Wes Bertrand. And they had a museum there on the slave trade, and you had the opportunity to touch things. That were really you know that were really part of the slave trade you uh, you know they they had you in areas where you know and they showed you how slaves slaves were were laid about and you could sit in equipment that was used by people African-Americans or oh, wow. uh, you know black people that were uh, slaves and things like that And it was very interesting and, mm-hmm. and touching and moving and I think that history is very important but the history is available to everyone and the history doesn't discriminate
9: mm-hmm.
0: and. That's where I this is where I draw the line is when something discriminates against somebody based on their race. I don't like it now, especially when it's institutionalized. When you're talking about churches, you know, say a black church wants to give, uh, uh, you know, some kind of uh, scholarship to, you know, just a black person or something like that. That's one thing. I don't like it, but it's one thing. Another thing entirely for a government institution like a school to give an award to just black people. 855 450 3733. Final segment coming up of Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. What am I doing? I'm giving out the number.
1: Oh, yeah. Big mistake. We've got like <laughs> loaded segment. phones lit up like a Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> they, they do flash like Christmas trees do. Uh, this is the last segment of Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition with Mark and guilty white stephanie <laughs> <laughs> uh we've been uh spent 2 hours now talking about this uh, tiny little article from World Net daily about a uh, south african white student who ran for african american uh, achievements what is it uh, highest achieving african american student award um and it has certainly brought folks out. Everybody wants to talk about it. Let's go to Jonathan in Minnesota. I'm going to keep the call short, folks. Okay. Jonathan in Minnesota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey. What's hey. on your mind?
6: Hey. Yeah, I was just going to follow up, uh, uh, Mark. Uh, you had mentioned, I think, at one of the last breaks about quotas yes. being racist. Sure. Um, I mean, you do realize, and I'm an attorney, so I'm I got to put that out and preface that, but Uh-oh. I'm also an African-American. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to preface that you do realize that quarters do not, well, technically
7: exist anymore, right?
0: I didn't know that, actually. I thought that uh, that uh, bu- businesses that were owned by blacks or women got, got preferences from the government.
6: Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's a preference. I mean, what I will say is that, that there is what's called a disadvantaged business, um, uh, I guess, uh, opportunity. That happens. I know that, like in North Dakota, for example, I'm right across the river from from Fargo. Okay, uh, you can file a disadvantaged business, which in essence means that if uh, anyone has a government contract, um, uh, you know, you have to at, at least open up some of your your, your uh, bids, some of your work, to two people who own this advantage businesses. so that's quota so that's
0: quotas own. for businesses there is that the only place that that exists anymore jonathan
1: i wouldn't necessarily call it a quota though i mean there has what about been a... the uh, university of michigan wasn't there a supreme court exactly. case where they
6: exactly yeah exactly pretty much every i mean quotas do not a uh technically cannot exist anymore i mean mm. in essence they there were Spots being held open at the uh, Michigan Law School, ironically, and the uh, pretty much uh, the uh, court rule that I mean you cannot
0: do that anymore okay i I feel schooled on this i, I, I thank you for this, uh, Jonathan. I really do feel like I've learned something yeah, here, and you. I appreciate that. I will still call businesses um you know government contracts reserved for disadvantages uh, disadvantaged uh, business owners to be uh, quotas, but it's much smaller than it was in the past, and i didn 't realize that Jonathan, thank you for for letting me know Eight five. Well, given the number yeah, T- well, Turk in Florida <laughs> you 're on free talk live hey,
11: um I just wanted to let you know. I had the unfortunate uh, experience of uh, being in prison in the state of Florida for three years for a a trumped-up charge, actually.
1: And uh,
11: while I was in in prison, um, I noticed that there was a a disproportionate number of blacks to whites. It'd be hard to miss uh, that.
0: Yeah,
11: yeah, it's very hard. It was a a culture shock to me when I was there. Um, But then I started noticing a lot of Hispanics um, that had their— Name tags with their race on it said white that's correct and and i was I, and i 'm talking about even illegal aliens who are brown skin yep have the label of white on their uh, name tag Mostly I think was...
1: when the government does the census they they ask you know there 's a box for white and then there's white hispanic and non hispanic and mm. I don't know. To me, it just seems like kind of an arbitrary distinction. I don't fill out prepared. those things.
0: I won't uh, give them. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a race. I don't. So I don't fill that stuff out. I refuse to. Or um, well, they
11: don't get a choice. They don't get a choice to, though. Under, yeah, they just look
0: at you and guess. They, right? they, they just they just come up with it. And usually it's Cubans. Is that not correct, Turk?
11: No, I'm talking about Mexicans.
0: Mexicans um, were, were labeled white in the, the prison Because yeah. I didn't notice that I, at all.
11: Yeah, and I think it's because they wanted to make the uh, the, the ratio of whites to blacks um, a little more equal when it's clearly huh. not.
0: It's it, it's absolutely a true statement. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't doubt that they were playing with the numbers that way. Absolutely true. Turk, thanks for the call. I noticed
0: the same thing. Huh. I thought that it was generally Cubans um, that they would uh, do that uh, with, but you know, I could be wrong, no doubt. Let's go to Nick in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live.
11: I think it's important to recognize that discrimination can be okay. It all depends on what the reasons behind the discrimination are. For example, it's okay to discriminate based on height when you need to reach a high shelf as part of your job, but it's not okay to punish short people more severely than tall people for theft based on a folk myth that short people are sneakier and more prone to thievery.
0: Wait a second! Right <laughs> after thievery. I see
11: nothing wrong with this African American right <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. award if the, spirit for, uh, if the spirit of it is to recognize the achievements of people who come from a background rife with historical depression, yet thrived in spite of that. That's different from recognizing a person based literally on their physical race. But I also see nothing wrong with the kids lampooning the name of it, because that to me seems to be more about the name than the racial issue. I think the joke here is about people being so sensitive about race that they can't refer to it directly and instead refer to it obliquely by describing where the person's physical characteristics came from instead of the characteristics
0: themselves.
1: Yeah. Oh, Nick? cool. Nick, thanks. That, that was like the micro-machines, Nick. Remember micro-machines? I wish he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, frankly, I think he's d-
0: distilled two hours of the show down to it was, awesome. was like a minute and a half. Nick is really <laughs> smart.
1: I like his calls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, let's go to Michael in Connecticut. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live.
1: Uh, good evening. Hi, Michael. Hi.
6: I, I just wanted to... Uh, just basically want to say when you wipe the foam off the beer all what it comes down to with racism and collectivism is it's the state pitting people against each other. And that's what it comes down to.
0: I I think that in a lot of ways that's true.
6: Yeah. And just, you know, encouraging people to, you know, you know, get into different groups and, you know, you know, instead of judging people based upon, you know, their individual accomplishments, you know, you know, you're judging, you know, judging people, you know, the accomplishment based upon whatever group you're in based on skin color or or sex, or whatever, instead of as the individual. And that's historically been the case with the state, you know.
0: That's what they do. The state separates people. Michael, thank you for the call. You know, um, I, I, I think that to some extent, you know, the separation thing is really what it's about. Um, I haven't in my life, found too many white people that will disallow somebody from hanging out with them based on their color. But I think a lot of people f- don't feel comfortable doing so. A lot of people of, of, of color don't feel comfortable hanging out with whites because they feel like, you know, they it's a different culture. And if people can it goes homogenize both ways, a
1: more. But also, uh, there's a desire of people like you ever seen like gay people hang out together, you know, yeah, certain. Sure. Sometimes groups of people hang out together because sometimes when you're in the minority, it kind of feels like, whoa, I'm I'm obviously in the minority. I have to stick together with others who are kind of like me. Mm. Right.
0: You know, and it's and groups. You know, once people get into groups, then it's easier for people to have problems with them. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's difficult for somebody to talk racist when there's a black guy sitting at the table. You know, what I mean, they're just not, they're not That's a good
1: thing, in my I opinion. Agree, I but, agree. but, you know, like it's for instance, you know, if if you were gay and you wanted to have people to talk to about... I'm gay the, for you, Stephanie. Oh, great. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm ahead. gay for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell I mean. <laughs> So, if you were gay and you wanted to talk about the heterosexism that you've been experiencing,
9: mm-hmm.
1: you know, maybe you might feel like another gay person could empathize with you more or could understand what you had been through because they had been through it, too. So, I don't think it's unreasonable that sometimes minority people, people who are in the minority, might find it helpful to to you know hang out with others who are like them you know
0: yeah i you know i i get it there's a, a glbt or whatever the term is uh, show that we do here um, on the uh, the lrn network the free talk freedom freedom. com, mm-hmm. and you know i what i've sat in with those guys and i've talked to them about uh, some of their issues and you know i i look at the world from a heterosexual standpoint and i often tend to i, I don't i don 't like the problems of minorities i don 't like their problems because frankly <laughs> <laughs> why can 't we all just get along you know and yeah but extent- that
1: starts with people recognizing that there are these problems that minorities face and actively opposing them you see what i'm saying that's why i get so upset when it seems like people ignore that they actually exist or that they are problems yeah
0: i just don't like actively um acknowledging that they exist by discriminating against other people in the process and um oh shoot what was the guy's name that just called in the lawyer from uh
1: was it jonathan South...
0: yeah jonathan thank okay. you thanks for saving me sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know he pointed out that uh, quotas were were largely gone i frankly didn't know that they that uh, universities couldn't discriminate uh, against uh, people based on there
1: was a supreme court case a while back at the University of Michigan Law School, like you mentioned,
0: but um, you know, I mean, it's it's still around, and and I think that in order to enter that post racial America, that I think that the vast vast majority of America wants to see that the only way to get there is by treating each other as equals, as opposed to you know this just all getting all concerned about the minutia.
1: I am all for treating. Other people as equals, to, But sometimes it has to be called out and pointed out when there is a bias that's obvious.
0: You can check out Free Talk Live in the meantime. We are on, what, seven nights a week? 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can check out Free Talk Live at freetalklive.com. Get involved in the uh, the BBS over there and post on the the front page. It's freetalklive.com. Download, archives, whatever's good for you. It's been Mark. And Stephanie. 8-5. Oh, what am I giving the number for? Freetalklive.com. <laughs>